Welcome to the Trees of Memory podcast to my suicide journey. My name is Mario Dieringer. I'm German, half Italian, and of course I'm not perfect in English, so sorry if not everything is that perfect. I'm the founder of Trees of Memory and I traveled from life to death into the darkness and back into the light. In this podcast I want to tell about it and about the challenges I face with my project but also in life while I'm not hiking around the world to plant trees of memory for suicide victims. So let me start in this first, how do you call it, show to tell you something about suicide thoughts and my suicide. I call it the death as puppetry. My first deadly circular thoughts I had in 2012. Suicide thoughts. In summer 2012 I was tormented for the first time by violent never-ending suicide thoughts. A few days before as a master coincidence or the master coincidence ended my marriage when I found out that my husband had a year-long sex affair with a common friend. Hurted down to the last chamber of my heart and soul, I fleed to Italy to see my sister. In Bologna I wanted to recharge my batteries and I think and I and I wanted to think about what I would do with this accidental discovery. I did not get to do that because my brain was occupied day and night with my death. The how was clear, the when was still open. But this was not me. Why should I kill myself because of a guy? I just need to go out and in a week I will have a new one if I want to, I thought to myself. But the suicide thoughts kept me in an iron stranglehold. Two weeks later, I flew home. The confrontation of my husband with my discovery ended in a fiasco, of course. This was in late summer 2012. The physical symptoms that had been affecting me during that time the time before and altogether for an entire year became worse. I forgot everything and everyone. I couldn't remember where I had put the keys and on my way to the toilet I asked myself where I wanted to go and to do what. 50 meters before the front door in the street where I lived I got lost while going for a walk with my dog. I lost my orientation. I stared at my conversation partners after they said three words and I could hardly answer because I couldn't follow the words I heard. What was the beginning of the sentence? What he's talking about? I didn't know. Days later I collapsed crying and screaming in the supermarket. I don't know why. I just wanted it to stop. What to stop? I had no idea. The last thing I remembered was calling my best friend and he took me to the clinic. 
I asked immediately to bring me to the closed psychiatric section of the hospital, locked away from everything and everyone. I was afraid of the death voices in my head, which vehemently demanded my end. Not later, not soon, they wanted me to kill myself now. And there in the hospital, I was also afraid of people, of doctors who looked into my head and dared to explain me how my brain and personality is working. But now, years later, I'm really grateful to them. I was afraid of myself the entire time. I was in fear because the pain simply didn't want it to, to subside. I cried day and night for almost four weeks. I opened up the, my eyes in the morning and the tears were running and I couldn't stop it. The physical pain was so terrible that I would have gone crazy. But well, I already was. I was in a psychiatric hospital and I found out whoever is here has nothing more to expect from life. We were kept and sedated. Me too. But thanks God, I must say. Otherwise, my holding would have killed me. Finally, they brought me after four weeks to another department of the hospital. And to my greatest surprise, I, I, the party king, the sunshine, the always smiling, laughing, in a good mood man, was diagnosed with depression. And then I found myself in an intensive four-month-long long treatment with many different psychologists. It was frightening to realize how many decades I had been depressed and to discover the roots of my disease. I understood on which kind of pillars my psyche rested. I understood the functions of my psyche and what happened when a pillar broke, like my marriage. Relationship was always a strong pillar. It was my protection shield against a lot of threats and against each and everything. We analyzed the way I go along with the challenges of life. I learned to look at my personal pain from a new perspective, to understand it, to despise it and to face it anew. I understood myself and suddenly understood how I had to face life in order to slowly sneak out of the depression trap. That worked well for the next two years and I made step by step my way out of the disease. And then there was this moment I couldn't control or abort it. In the middle of 2014, I had myself under control again and I was able to go back to work. My, li my life changed noticeably. My marriage too. It went finally down the drain. So, one of the three important psycho pillars broke away for good. The relationship. It was the hold in my life. During this time, I got to know Jürgen. We had got a classical date. 
he became a ray of hope in the dark firmament, but always a terrible challenge which consumed my strength over the month. I felt more and more terrible. He ruined my health and gave a shit about my psychological condition and he couldn't make his mind up and uh, he changed his mind every day and we've been so different and whatever. But I was madly in love. And nowadays I really ask myself how the fuck I could let this happen to me. Why? Tell me somebody why. On the 28th of December I sat at the kitchen table at 8 in the morning and I couldn't stop crying. I received a really stupid SMS. And then I freaked out. The physical pain increased expen exponentially. The eye pressure, pressure increased until I felt they will burst. The abdominal pain was unbearable. I couldn't get through this anymore. And I thought about the last time. Please, not again the psychiatry. Please, don't start again. Not the same, the same shit again. It was too much. In the long run, for now, for the future, and for what? I just can't do that anymore. I screamed and suddenly I was hanging like a puppet on bed strings. A puppet show that wasn't mine. A puppet show didn't write, or a puppet show I didn't write the storyboard for. The big player in the dark hole above me laughed loudly and unscrewed a bottle of wine. He celebrated pill after pill, sip after sip of a drama that slowly but surely changed into the last dark act on stage. I didn't like what happened, but I couldn't change it. That was no longer in my power and the decision was made by another. I knew something is going wrong. I knew I could phone my doctors. I knew I can go down to the neighbors to ask for help. But I couldn't. My body didn't took orders again. Well, didn't took orders from me. He did things to me I couldn't stop. So I swallowed more than 400, more than 200 sleeping pills and a bottle of red wine. And after a while, while swallowing, I just wanted it to stop. No matter what and no matter how. No thought of my friends, my mother, my brother, my sister, my ex or Jürgen. I was a one, it was a one man play. A drama and three acts. Birth, life and now it was time to die. Quite different to what I ever thought. It would be hoped, planned or desired. My death should be, I don't know, with more peace and many decades away. It was between the years December 28th and now 10 o'clock in the morning. None of my friends were in town, even my ex-husband wasn't and Jürgen was on his way on vacation. 
at that time he was in Isaac sequentials, not more. But I had really fallen madly in love with him and I fight or and I fought for him. But nothing more. 120 kilometers away he has been on the motorway and then he had this strange feeling. None of his messages to me were answered. He turned around and drove as fast as he could to my apartment despite ice and snow. With the neighbor's help he opened the apartment and he found me. Already dark yellow and without breath, as he told me later. In the cold emergency ambulance car my lights were shut down. I died. The puppet show was finished and the, uh, and the curtain fell. But somebody probably called, give us more, give us more, give us more. So they brought me back to life. And one day later I woke up in the intensive care unit of the hospital in Frankfurt. The mouth and throat were so dry that I, couldn't only wee that I could only wheeze. I had pain in the whole body and in my penis stuck a thick tube. If that was death, then I wanted to leave. Not soon, not tomorrow, now. Get me out of here was what I thought. And I released myself after 24 hours and I went back home and I was really grateful that I lived, that I survived, that I was back in, in charge of my life, of my power, of my brain, of everything. And it looks like the universe had a plan. I survived. Well, I hoped it would have a plan. And please, a good one. Well, it had a plan. Two and a half years later, Jürgen, my boyfriend, Jürgen, who became my boyfriend, some months after I tried to kill myself. Jürgen, the love of my life, took his life. So, around six months later, I, well, I founded the project Trees of Memory and I had got this plan to walk around the world to plant trees of memory for suicide victims. And the next one and a half years, I was really busy with planning and doing all those things and making um, contacts to people from all over the world. And I asked my friends, please let us go to a big party, to a weekend, to a dance weekend before I leave for good. And before I will start to give away all my belongings, before I will sell everything I have, before I will give back the apartment to the landlord. And so please let us go dancing. So we did. And the third and so far last episode of Massive Suicidal Thoughts came over me in August 2017. 
I had wished from my friends in Berlin to give me this big music event before I will start with Trees of Memory. So we landed at the Woof, a Goa trance festival that we had visited again and again in the past and we had a lot of fun over there every time we have been there. Also this time. Hans and Mike made every effort to make this last four days dancing event to a big success and to a big fun. The day we arrived started with bad media news. The singer of LinkedIn Park took his own life. Great career, much fame, lots of money, loving family and a drug problem. This is how you could sum up his life and depressions. A whole bunch of them. Everything together, often and in this case too, results in a deadly mixture. Well, we were alive. We definitely celebrated and enjoyed every minute. There are countless pictures on which all of us shine crookedly. It was so great. It was fantastic. It was fabulous until this Sunday noon when suddenly an evil man with an incredible deep and ugly voice nestled himself in my head and demanded, commanding with unexpected harshness, take your life now, you have everything you need. There is no better time to do it. Do it now immediately, what you are waiting for. I will not wait forever. It's really time for you to go. Go ahead. Kill yourself now. Kill yourself now. Frightened and in panic, I left everything behind and I immediately searched for the company of my friends. But the guy in my head didn't give up. Every five minutes he demanded my death. Massive, clear, tolerating, no backtalk. I no longer knew what to do and entrusted myself to Hans. He said, well, he said nothing. He said, oh my God. And it was clear that from now on I could not stay alone. Not for a second, not a day, not at night. I was afraid again. I was in fear of the power of this evil man in my head. And that guy didn't give up. Every five minutes he wanted me dead started on Sunday noon, every five minutes, till Monday, which was 24 hours later, even at night, even at night when I woke up in between, and of course I couldn't sleep. It got so bad that, that I had to take a break on the motorway when, when we got home. I couldn't drive any further. To that terrible voice, the worst dizziness joined and I had the feeling of losing control over myself, the car, the situation, my life, everything. But somehow in the late afternoon we finally made it. We arrived in Berlin. But it was not over. What are you waiting for? You are in your home in Berlin. There is no better place for you. Here you spent the best time of your life. Killed yourself. Here you can go. Die now. Do it finally. Why you let me wait? My potential killer or executioner, whatever you wanted to call him, was still there. 
and actually I wanted to leave the house on Monday, Monday evening to go out a bit to a chill, chilling party. But really I didn't dare to leave Hans house unaccompanied. I was afraid that the man in my head would push me at the train platform in front of the train. I could not leave the house. On Tuesday it was still not better. I started to eat atosil in large quantities in order to turn off the sound from that voice. It became however only weaker and not quite so terrible powerful anymore. At night I took sleeping pills and on Wednesday the man in my head was still there but only ordered every 20 minutes my death instead of demanding again and again in five minutes steps my suicide. But I had to go back to Frankfurt. I felt shitty but I just had to go back. I had to work. But I was afraid not to get there alive. The man who fucked my brain stayed there for two more days. Each individual day. I did not know if I would still be alive in the evening. It was bad. It was very bad. And not one of those experiences had got anything to do with the free will. Nothing of that what I, what I told you the last minutes. In all three cases I can say with absolutely certainty that these thoughts and the deed itself were not controlled by my free will. I wanted to live and not to die. I wanted to be Mario and not a puppet. I had no influence whatsoever on what happened. I was lucky that I was twice strong enough not to let it happen. My suicide in 2014 didn't work out. In 2017 this voice could not harm me. Well, at least not in those five days, but I'm very sure that if I have the voices, if I would have the voices in my head for many days, one day I just wanted to get rid of them. You want them to stop. Nobody wants to die. And many of those who lost a loved one by suicide claim nowadays that it was their free will that lead them to, to take this last step. Honestly, how do you know that? Just because there is a will? Just because they did research on the internet? Just because they bought things long time before? Talk to those who have survived the suicide and stop making heroes out of victims of a terrible disease. Suicide is the last symptom of a really bad disease. Such a symptom can sometimes be strong and sometimes weak. Then it's strong and we suddenly look on the internet for possibilities of suicide or go shopping for deadly things or even writing a last will. And then there's the healthy spirit back again, which ensures that we find our way back into our lives. We are glad to survive again and suddenly out of ambush the disease strikes again and we run, we jump, swallow, cut, hang or do whatever has to be done to kill ourselves.
often in a moment where hours before the most beautiful and happy pictures were taken. Driven by an evil spirit in a black hole above and below us, we end life with a flick of our fingers. Not. Not a thought to the family, the friends, the loved ones. Only the end shows up. And we do things later we can't remember about. We write text messages, scribble something, put a last Facebook post online and much more things. And then we are dead. And the healthy ones around believe that we have gone full of gone full of character, full of a free will in order not to harm anyone and because we were so sad and nobody wanted to hear our cries for help. Sorry. We are not heroes, we are not cowards, we are just victims. When the organs of a cancer patient fail, we are full of compassion, powerlessness and grief and it would never occur to us to judge what happened to the poor dying person. When our brain fails after a de de depression, after the depression has been unstoppable and has spread worse than any cancer, all healthy people around us suddenly know how we have been and how we could go back to life. You must think positive, they say, for example, or eat chocolate or have a nice girlfriend or stop lying around in bed. No. Every suicide, planned or not planned, is a symptom that manifests itself in a variety of ways. You have to accept that there are things and perspectives that you can't imagine. Nevertheless, they are there. Of course, there are exceptions and of course people take their lives with a real, with a real free will to prevent cancer death, to give an example. And of course, there are also people who have mental diseases, suffering from them for years and see themselves as not being able to be treated any further. And then they make the fatal decision in sort of a clear moment to kill themselves. But they wouldn't do that if they would be healthy. Suicide based on depression is not a free choice. If it had not been for the depression, it would never have come to a suicide. If I take my life to prevent the tragedy of a fatal disease, I personally make a free decision. I will die now and not in five months if I can't breathe anymore. In a depression, the brain says, you will die now and your free will will not be asked its opinion. You can't stop it. And we are all victims of a fucking disease you can't see and you can't cut out. I find it not only inappropriate but also presumptuous that people argue with me who have not had a day of depression themselves. Those who have never had thoughts of suicides explaining me how suicide thoughts are working. Who will probably know best? Those who are dead, those who have this disease or 
and have survived the suicide or those who are healthy and who have no idea what has happened to us. I report on myself and I report on many conversations with those who are affected. I report facts that I have experienced myself, by myself and for which I have almost paid with my life. I do not exclude other motivations under any circumstances. Anything is possible, but probably seldom. So, what is the dispute about? About the truth? Truth has many faces and shows itself every second in many variations. It probably depends on your own bubble of life and perspective from which you look or act. Well, with, three of, with trees of memory I want to encourage those who have been sitting in darkness for years. I was there too and I thought that there was no perspective at all, especially after the suicide of my partner. And suddenly the idea of trees of memory was in my head and my life changed from one day to the next. I would never have thought that, that this will be possible. That's why you can follow how I implement this project every day. How I got my life back with all ups and downs. There are several perspectives, perspectives for everyone that remain hidden and don't show up for a long time. That applies to the sick and the healthy ones. But just because you can't imagine something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Light exists everywhere, even in the darkness. And perhaps I can contribute to someone discovering this light for himself as well. That would be the biggest wish I have. And this is the reason why I'm doing Trees of Memory. And you can find me on www.treesofmemory.com and on YouTube and just Google for Trees of Memory and Mario and you will find a lot of things. Um, my videos on uh, YouTube are always in, some are in German, some are in English. You will find them and, uh, well, and the podcast here I will do also in German and in English in future. So, and this is the reason why I will start now with this podcast to explain what happened, to give hope and to show how I deal yeah, with the challenges. And I know the depression and the suicide thoughts they will they will be probably they will be always there. Somewhere. And they will came out and being sneaky and coming back if life is probably not that easy. So, please follow me, talk to me, ask me, share it, let me try to help somehow, to give somehow adva advances and, yeah. And maybe it's, 
maybe, yeah, somehow you will find some informations or some thoughts which explain something for you too. So, thanks a lot for listening to me and hear you soon again. Yours, Mario. Ciao, ciao.